Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today's show is going to the birds. Yes, it is Truth or Fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins, and you're tuned in to Critical Thinking. Yes, folks, today's show is going to the birds one way or the other. Um, I'm Andrew Coppins. This is the final week of of the show kind of coming to you live in direct for 2023. The end of this week, I'm trying to coordinate with Pat to see if our schedules will line up and Pat will come on. We'll talk about our beginning of the year predictions and and how they fared. And then we're going to talk about um, the end of the year and some of the stories that made headlines and all of that wonderful goodness. And then we will be back with you at the beginning of next year. We'll be back probably January 2nd would be my guess um, with the program. And that will be a predictions program like we do every single year. We're going to talk about the year ahead, the year of 2024. Um, as my good friend Katie Harbath is very fond of, it's the year of panic responsibly. And it's because there are elections all over the globe Chaos could reign or or not, and and we're going to talk about all of that, try to sort through it, but that's kind of the game plan. Also, speaking of the game plan, you're going to want to tune in on Thursday because Thursday's program, we're going to be talking to Carrie McDonald of Fee.org, the Cato Institute. She is all about educational freedom. She hosts the Liberated Podcast. It is a podcast that highlights... Uh, micro-schooling and educational freedom and talks to people that are involved in that movement. And it is an absolutely fascinating podcast that I think you should be checking in on. Um, and I hope you're going to love that conversation. But on Thursday, I'm speaking with Carrie McDonald, fee.org backslash Carrie. You can find her there. You can find her at Carrie underscore edu on X and elsewhere. But just know that you can find her online, and she is a great follow if you care about educational freedom. 
it's a topic that we kind of hit on last month and and then this month and i'm thinking we're gonna kind of once a month keep going down this road because i think it's such an important thing to speak on in our society liberating us from government compulsion of education and attendance at education that's not to say education is not important it is vitally important but in a new century in a different world that we live in than we did in 1852 i think we have got to get into a world in which we focus on individual education that's where i land on all of this and i think it's a fascinating conversation that i'm going to have with carrie on thursday so you're going to want to tune in to that all of that being said, it is Truth or Fiction Tuesday, and you guys have done a great job of getting me your truth or fiction statements, especially the one and only Pat Oni. Um, thank you for participating. Folks, if you want to participate, it's very simple. Follow me on X at The Coppins Show. You can follow me on Facebook as well. Every Monday, I will put out a, a post on X, and that post will allow you to go ahead and comment and just give me a statement. And I get to decide whether that statement is truth or fiction. Just that simple. It could be on anything and anything at all. And that's why I say today's show is going to the birds. All right. So with that out of the way, uh, Pat has given me not one, not two, but three truth or fiction statements. And I've got one of my own. So we're going to do this the fun way. We're going to do Pat's first. And then we're going to do mine. So up first on this final truth or fiction Tuesday is this one from Pat, and it's as simple as this. Truth or fiction, the fate of the 2024 election will rest on the shoulders of Trump's lawyers if he becomes the GOP nominee. I find this one to be absolutely fascinating, but I find it to be fiction. It's tempting to say that this is true because, well, we have no idea what's going to happen with the case in Washington, D.C., which also, by the way, is going to impact the case in Miami, Florida, if you don't know that, because the judge down there has been rather peeved about the maneuvering of Jack Smith and the Department of Justice and the special prosecutor's office and, and what's going on there. And what do I mean by that? Well, they had originally scheduled this trial for May. And why was that important? Well, it was on the docket for May because there was supposed to be this trial in March thus allowing these two things to happen, not congruently, but back to back. And now, well, uh, Jack Smith decides they want to go to the Supreme Court, right? And the Department of Justice wants to know what the Supreme Court says on, on uh, presidential immunity for apps. Now, I have long said the concept of presidential immunity forever is a very slippery slope to absolute dictatorship in this country. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's as simple as this. If, if they rule that the president is immune from prosecution for anything that he does while president of the United States, you've just given carte blanche to allow that president to begin to assassinate, murder, do whatever, because there are no consequences. And oh, by the way, if uh, shucky darns that time runs out on the uh, clock for you to quote unquote prosecute via what impeachment? Oh, 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 um, it, it, it turns out, um, well, then 
shucky darns, you, you, you never get any justice. That's insane. But with all of that being said, it's not on his lawyers. Not at all. It is not on his lawyers in any way, shape, or form. And by the way, his law team is pretty weak right now. It, and it's because of the way that he has treated previous lawyers. Look at Jenna Ellis and look at other people that have, quote-unquote, jumped ship, if you will. In fact, look at what he's doing right now to Chip Roy, of all people, the most staunchest of America first, dyed-in-the-wool, liberty-based conservatives in the House because he dares not support Donald Trump lock, stock, and smoking barrel? Look at what he did to attack him over the last 24 to 48 hours. Who would want to be part of that? Who wants their career destroyed to defend this man? Everybody, of course, is entitled to a robust defense as best as possible on everything. But the fact of the matter is that his team is as weak as it possibly could be because of his own actions. That's part and parcel of my calculation that this statement is absolute fiction. But I believe the fate of the 2024 election actually rests not on Trump's lawyers, but on the machinations of Team GOP, the Supreme Court, and the voters, not on the lawyers. Now, it could rest on the lawyers of Team GOP. And what do I mean by this? Well, first off, let's deal with that. Let's deal with the Team GOP aspect of this. Here's the reality. Do I think that it's likely that Donald Trump is the GOP nominee at this point? Absolutely. Unless something dramatic changes between now and New Hampshire or South Carolina. I think Iowa is likely Ron DeSantis' to win. And if he can pick up either South Carolina or another state, I doubt that he's going to win New Hampshire. He's got to finish at least second or third in New Hampshire. But anyway, the point of this matter is this. If Donald Trump is actually the nominee, I've said this for the longest time, what is the plan from Team GOP to deal with the reality of lawfare that is in front of their nominee? What is their plan? Because Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, I believe, at least three of those four, all have blue secretaries of state. What is the plan if any one of the myriad of trials goes forward and he is convicted as a felon? What is the plan to deal with secretaries of state nullifying him off of the ballot? He is ineligible, and your vote does not count at that point. You can, you can do all the writing campaigning. You can check the box. You can do whatever for Donald Trump. All you want, your vote doesn't count. But that's disenfranchisement. You might think that in MAGA Forever land. In reality, various states have various laws, and the federal 
government has various laws about felons being eligible for federal office. That's a reality that Team Trump and Team GOP have to deal with. And so far, we've got no plan in front of us. Trump hasn't laid it out. His team hasn't laid it out. Team GOP hasn't said, hey, in case, here's where we're going. Is it as simple? Do they have the mechanisms to replace him on the ballot? In whom is that? Is it the person who finishes second to Donald Trump? Or are you saying, hey, by the way, um, we're just going to do whatever we want. And we're just going to replace you with whomever we want if you become a convicted felon. Or are they going to say, we're going to stand by our man, quote unquote, because this would be a first. Loyalty would be a thing reciprocated by Trump. Let's not forget that Rona McDaniel has her position as the chairwoman of Team GOP because of Donald Trump. And Mike Johnson and others are also pledging their allegiance, not to God, but to Trump. And which is funny from Mike Johnson, by the way. But the point of the matter is this, the team GOP side of this, what is your plan to deal with the reality that is on the ground? You don't have to like it. I don't like it. I think it stinks. I think it is absolutely deplorable to use a word that that other side would love to use. I think it's deplorable. But I also have come down on the side of if he did actually break the law, he deserves punishment, just like Hillary deserved punishment, which Trump didn't meet out, by the way, said, nah, we're just, I was just kidding about that whole locker up thing, lest you forget about that, lest you forget about all the other things. As for Team Trump himself and his self and their selves, are they doing anything to really fight and really stop? Not really. I mean, they're trying their mightiest, but the ironic part is that Jack Smith might have overplayed his hand by attempting to go to the Supreme Court because they can now rule on that and this really broad obstruction charge that they're attempting to put in front of uh, Donald Trump, and by the way, some 347 other individuals charged with this from January 6th. This has a very broad consequence. Now, all of that notwithstanding, there's still Florida. There's still two federal cases. There is still the Georgia case. There's still the civil case in New York that is being decided. And his financial ruin there has a massive impact. Why? Because he's not somebody who has been able to raise tons of cash from other people all the time, and he's busy fighting legal battles in which his money and his donor's money are tied up in that and not campaigning. So where's the money coming from to campaign? Where's the plan in place to say, you know what? You deal with this. Um, donate to here. Oh, it's going to donate to Team GOP? You're asking all of us to donate to the party that literally has proven to hate its base. You're asking the base to now say, you know what, don't donate to him. Donate to his PACs or donate to this or donate to Team GOP. That's rough considering MAGA Forever only worships at the altar of Trump. And then thirdly, it rests on the people. 
the people have a choice. And there are a lot of people who are in the wait and see mode right now. As I talk to people, not necessarily about deep political things, but I ask a very simple question of some people that I speak to is this. Are you or are you not waiting for the machinations of the Trump situation to make your choice? Or do you realize that your choice in the primary has a direct impact on the potential future of our republic? I ask it as stark as that. And a lot of people stop and then have to think. A lot of them, whether if they're not in the MAGA forever cult. And by the way, if you're in the DeSantis forever cult, you're doing it wrong too because there are certain things that I don't like about his authoritarian speech bent and things of that nature that I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan of him going after the college football playoff committee because he didn't like the outcome of having to choose between Alabama and Florida State. Whatever you feel like I do, that Florida State's balance of the schedule and its ability to win games with or without its star quarterback speaks volumes to Alabama losing a game at home to Texas and then barely beating a weak South Florida team and a weak Auburn team. Let's not forget that. They're about two plays away, maybe four plays away in total, from being a three-loss football team. But they won their games, except for that one against Texas in which they got kind of got drubbed, but that's neither here nor there. The point of the matter is that Ron DeSantis isn't perfect. Donald Trump isn't perfect. There was one perfect human being, and his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, the host of hosts. And when I have these conversations, I see a lot of people's eyes open to the reality of it's actually us that has the power. It's not Trump's lawyers. It's not Team GOP. It's really the voter. And if the voters decide, I don't like the path of lawfare, but I don't trust that they're not going to do it, so how about we nominate somebody else? How about we nominate somebody who has largely the same views, quote-unquote, as Donald Trump, or at least supposedly his 2016 platform, I couldn't tell you in 2024 what Donald Trump actually stands for. That's the weird part about this. And it's the thing that I also ask people if they support Donald Trump is, why? Other than it's a protest. And what are you actually protesting? Because if you're electing Ron DeSantis, if you were to elect other individuals into that space, what happens? Do you really think that Donald Trump is the person who can beat Joe Biden? I don't think so. Not for a moment. And what are you left with in the second four years of quote-unquote? You're left with Kamala Harris, whose word salad, meaningless bullcrap is spoken every day. No. I don't want any part of that. And yes, folks, for the first time in my lifetime, this vote in 2024 for me, on a primary scale. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Is not about who's the most conservatives, who's this, who's that. No. It is who can win. It is a strategic vote. And if you don't look at it that way, you're going to lose and you're going to lose your country. That's the strategy involved here. It is as simple as who can get America back to being liberty-based and who can't, or who has the best opportunity to do so and who doesn't, who has proven to put that into action when presented with those opportunities and who hasn't. The strategy here is there's one candidate who has put it in action in an executive state. That's the reality that's in front of us. So I believe this to be fiction. It's not Trump's lawyers. It's a combination, but mostly it's on us. It's on you. It's on you. It's on me. It's on us as voters to decide. Do we want strategy or retribution? And I'm going to choose strategy because retribution, if you've paid attention to the Bible, oftentimes, like 100% of the time, is a losing strategy. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. Pat has another one here. From the world of politics, truth or fiction, John Fetterman has turned out to be a better choice than Mehmet Oz would have ever been as a senator. Say what? What am I talking about? Well, it's as simple as this, folks. John Fetterman has come out and said Bob Menendez needs to go just like George Santos. John Fetterman has called out corruption in his own party. And John Fetterman has called out the Senate for its corruption and actually called for reasonable compromise, if you will. The same John Fetterman who is an avowed socialist, the same John Fetterman who ran on a far-left campaign strategy. Would Mehmet Oz have called out Bob Menendez or anybody in his own party that would have been corrupt? No. Mehmet Oz would have been part of the problem. And it appears at face value that John Fetterman is interested in solutions and getting rid of bad actors. Now, does that mean that he believes in conservative values? No. But can I... Form a coalition to say Bob Menendez needs to be gone? Yes, I can. Unfortunately for us, that also means Pat Freegan Murphy, I believe, is still the governor of New Jersey, and that means a far-left 
uh, replacement choice by the governor. Because um, unlike the people of New York who think, or the governor of New York who thinks that she's the one who gets to decide that, no, no, in the uh, in the Congress, no, 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 you don't. That's the people. That's a special election you have to call. In the Senate, you don't have to call a special election. You can literally appoint a successor because the Senate represents the state and the people are represented by, wait for it, the House of Representatives. Uh, novel concept. But on these kinds of things, John Fetterman is with the vast majority of the people who abhor business as usual. But don't get it twisted. John Fetterman's not on our side of 99% of the things. But when he's right, he's right. And when people are right, you should join them. So let's get rid of Bob Menendez. Let's pile into the John Fetterman car when it comes to that. And the reality is that uh, that we, have, we can't be in the you're either all in or all out camp. No, when you're right, you're right. When you're wrong, you're wrong. And I can form a coalition. I don't have to be in fellowship with John Fetterman. But I can form a coalition that says, yeah, corruption is bad on both sides. Let's go after it. Anything wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with that at all. But he has turned out to likely be a much bigger champion of reform and change and ethics than Mehmet Oz ever would have been. And Mehmet Oz is exactly the slimy, sleazy, Mitt Romney type of Republican that we need nowhere near any levers of power anytime soon, if ever again. That be the reality. All right. With that being said, though, folks, before we move forward to the final half of Truth or Fiction Tuesday, do not forget, I believe either today or yesterday, either way, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. You can still, I think, get expedited shipping on the final gift boxes that they have available, if they have them available, limited quantities. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, check out what they have available, try to get that last minute quick gift. You know, it's usually $20 or less for a bag of coffee, so go check it out. And while you're there, enter the promo Critical Thinker so that they know that we sent you and you can get 10% off of that purchase today. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about coffee, not yours or their politics. Just that simple. Coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of that purchase today. All right. So another one from the great Pat Oni. And it's Christmas time, folks. So why not a little controversy? Truth or fiction? The elf on the shelf is stupid and overrated. Now, Pat is a new dad. And I doubt that they're doing Elf on the Shelf this year because, well, his son, I'm going to guess, not going to have a memory of it. But I'm going to go with this being absolutely truth. Look, yes, I do not have children, but I've got lots and lots of friends, family who do have children. It is dumb. It is stupid. It is pointless. I don't get it. Literally... You, you get to spend your free time every single day 
you get to spend more money every single day. Coming up with ways to present Elf on the shelf. Do I, what? What is the point? Here's where I would go with this. If I were a parent, how about you spend some time telling the story of the birth of Jesus Christ? How about you spend some time telling and spreading the joy of Christ's birth? Every single day. Why not do that instead? Does it cost you anything? Maybe it costs you a little bit of money to to find a Bible or buy a book. But Elf on the Dang Shelf, it is the dumbest thing. I Next to the first and last day of school picture crap that happens on, on Facebook, it is the dumbest thing we have ever decided to do as a society for parents. It sucks. It makes you spend more money. It's something. Sometimes you can get creative with it, and ha ha ha. I get it, right? But you're gonna spend money on cereal or supplies and arts and crafts. That's what I want to do with my free time. You know what? Every single day for like 24 days, I'm gonna make sure that Elf on the Shelf appears, and and I'm gonna have arts and crafts time in my already busy schedule. I'm not going to take the time out to teach my children about the reason for the season ever. Nah, no, not going to do that. Or I'm not going to teach the story of the real St. Nicholas, like like the actual St. Nicholas of Myra. I'm not going to tell that story. I'm not going to tell the story of charity and love of St. Nicholas. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to participate in those fun things. Because I'm not saying don't have fun. That's not the point. The point of St. Nicholas, the the real St. Nicholas, was that he spread joy and love to those that were less fortunate. Tell that story. Tell the story of the birth of Jesus Christ for crying out loud. How about we just go there? How about we reset on the reason for the season instead of the commercial BS? How about we just do that? It's not NIMBY. It's not any of these things. It is just this for me. We, we have so secularized a, yes, taken over secular tradition, but as Christians, we don't focus on Christ at all, I find, in this season. We're so focused on the music and the lights and, and everything that has been secularized about this season how many times have you sat down with your children and found the creative ways to tell the story of the birth of Jesus Christ? How many of you, by the way, even do a Charlie Brown Christmas anymore? You, you know, that, that that Charlie Brown Christmas that actually, in an entertaining way, old school entertaining, you can tell the story of how you learned about the birth of Jesus Christ as Charlie and, and Lucy and everybody else tells you that story. I'm waiting. Also one of the best soundtracks of Christmas of all time, next to Bing Crosby's White Christmas, but that's neither here nor there. There are way better ways to spend your time, your money, and your effort during this season than Elf 
on the damn shelf. That's the reality. Now, speaking of Christmas, folks, one of the most popular Christmas carols is what? The 12 days of Christmas and the 12 gifts of Christmas. So truth or fiction, the 12 days of Christmas song was all about birds that are being ate at a banquet feast. Not about gifts, not about physical gifts or anything like that. Not about the pear tree. Say, what? What What are you talking about? There's maids of milking. There's uh, golden rings. There's all sorts of stuff that has nothing to... Uh-oh. Um, it might actually be truth. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm about 90% on this being truth because... Most of us do not know that the song that came out in the early 1900s, because it did come out in the early 1900s, was actually taken from a children's book wrote, written excuse me, in the 1700s called Mirth Without Mischief. And this was about Christmas time in the 1700s. And if you know anything about the gentry, the nobility, if you will, of that time in England, hunting of birds, hunting of foxes, hunting was a favorite pastime and a way to show off your skills as a noble, okay? And most importantly, if you could provide all of these various things during that time period, you would be considered to be of the best of the best of the nobility, so let's go through this real fast for you. The first day of Christmas, obvious. You get two for one. It's a partridge sitting in a pear tree. That's great. Day two, two turtle doves, right? Obvious. Three French hens. Obvious. Four calling birds. Well, those are actually blackbirds if you, if you think about what a calling bird is. This is where things get a little murky for most people because it's now day five, and that means five golden rings. Well, turns out we're actually talking about likely to be what? Pheasants. Yes, the ring-necked pheasant. It is a golden. It, it The body of this pheasant is absolutely golden, and then it's got a ring around its neck. Golden ringed pheasant. Which, by the way, we're introduced to England from China in, wait for it, the Middle Ages. Then we've got another obvious scenario. Geese at six, seven swans swimming, eight maids a-milking, not referring to cows, but likely to be referring to either the cattle egret or my thought is the magpie. And why do I think the magpie? Because it is black and white. And if you know anything about parts of England, the magpie is a very, very common bird. In fact, it's part of how Newcastle is identified in the northeast of England. It is associated with magpies. Anyway, the nine ladies dancing are likely to be lapwings. The ten lords a-leaping are cuckoos. Or, alternatively, um, we could go on. Um, the nine ladies dancing cranes, that's likely to be that 10 Lords of Leaping could be great herons. 
the 11 pipers piping sandpipers, folks. This is pretty obvious if you're looking at this from a bird perspective, but the the 12 drummers drumming. The ruffled grouse is an interesting one. That's for sure. Some people think it could be a woodpecker, but I'm very likely to believe that this is probably a snipe or um, a ruffled grouse. So the reality is that this is very much about a feast. If you read the, the text of the 1700s poem, it's about a feast towards Christmas. And what do we know about traditional feasts in England? They did include game. They did include all of these things. This is very likely to be a way to show courtship to the family of maybe somebody that you would like to marry, right? Or whatever have you, courtshiply love at the at Christmas time. That you're able to provide literally a feast for your future bride. Now, the funny part is if you actually do the math, it comes out to like something like 364. You also have 12 pear trees, which is technically a mini orchard and all this other stuff. But how many of us have stopped to take a second to think, wait a second, this isn't about like the way that we think of giving those gifts, right? Um, you know, the golden rings being, um, you know, some other representative representative stuff. But um, yeah, this is likely all about birds, folks. All of it. 100% about birds and them being eaten at a grand feast over the course of 12 days leading up to Christmas itself. That, folks, makes it truth 90% of the way for me. Um, the only other 10% is if we had anybody associated with that poem or that part of the children's book. Again, you can go look up the book. You can go look it up. It is um, Mirth, M-I-R-T-H, Mirth Without Mischief. Go look it up. Check it out. I fervently believe that this is where they were going with this. If you take the meaning of then and not apply the commercialization to the song of today. And with that, folks, uh, I hope I've given you some things to think about. And as always, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.